This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you tonight. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real high. Our ushers are going to move rapidly because i got a lot of ground to go to. Would you get your Bible, go with me to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings here the first thing. Again, if you're here for the partnership, you can still go. Just go out that doorway and good luck. Somebody will help you maybe. Uh, the partner, no, not the partnership. If you are a parent of a teen that's going to camp, you got a meeting right after the service, right down in the youth room. So be sure and go to that. Baptisms are Sunday the 12th at the 11 a.m. service. Be sure and sign up out here for that. Uh, I want to personally invite every man. We have a men's night this Sunday, June 12th. It's at 6, and there's a flyer out here that'll tell you right where to go. Don't miss that, okay? It's going to be a great night. And then again, the Vacation Bible School will uh, start on Sunday, June 26th. All right, all right, all right. You know, sometimes people say, man, why do you always speak on giving when you speak on Wednesday nights? And a few weeks ago, I had a young man say this to me. He said, you know, he said, we, we never did honor God with tithes. He said, every now and then I'd tip God. And he said, but every Wednesday night, me and my wife would write down everything you would say pertaining to giving. And he said, you know, we started tithing quite a while back. And he said, I recently gave a tithe that was bigger than my entire yearly wages a few years ago. Ooh, and I looked and I said, you can't outgive God, I'm going to tell you right now. You can't do it. And so that's one of the reasons I highlight this. So Genesis 12, verse number 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Now we love that blessing. Woohoo! bless, bless, bless. And have you ever noticed in our society that, that when someone sneezes, we say bless you. In other words, we, we wish you well but do we actually believe something is conveyed? Do I actually believe that when I say that to people? So when I, I look at this, the biblical concept of God's blessing was always to go to the opposite of the effects of the curse. Now, right here, God says to them, I, I want to bless you. The Lord wants to prosper spiritually, emotionally, physically, and materially. Every one of those. And so when you do things God ways, don't, don't ever apologize for how God's blessed you. Don't, don't do that. But I gotta highlight something here off of all this. I, I love the word blessing. And we say that bless, 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 bless. But I must understand the only way the blessing moves toward me is when I obey God. Look what he said to Abram. He said, listen, pal. He said, you got to get out of your country from your family and from your father's house and go to a land that will show you. If Abraham doesn't obey what God tells him to do right here in the word, the blessings don't take place. And so it's something every one of us got to get a hold. We want the blessing. Bless me, bless me, bless me, Lord, bless me. But I must obey the Lord what he tells me to do 
to come underneath the blessing. And so I encourage you, just begin to obey God in this area. Don't expect a blessing without obedience, okay? Okay, we'll do that, Pastor. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you again for the opportunity to give, Lord, your exact words that when we obey you, whoo, you said, I'll bless you, I'll multiply you, I'll make your name great, and my desire is bless you to be a blessing. And we thank you, Father God, that those promises that you gave Abraham are still in existence to us. Bless here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, all right. Okay. Got your Bible. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, I'm going to be back on the idol stuff a little bit tonight. It may look a little bit different, but I think the scriptures will help us understand this. I'm going to be on this for a couple more weeks, and then I'm going to go back to the area of faith. And God's really stirred some things with me on Wednesday nights on that area. So you're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. As you're turning there, remember, I, I can't. I can't keep flirting with disobedience when it comes to the word of God because when I keep messing around with disobedience or flirting with it, before long, that pattern of disobedience will become a habit. And then I look and I say, well, how in the world did I, I end up here? Well, when it comes to the Bible, the word of God, you can't cut corners and you can't compromise with the things of God. You just gotta obey them. So we begin in 2 Corinthians 6, Start with me in verse 12, and, and I'm reading in the New King James tonight, okay? You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Wow. I'm restricted or restrained by my own affections. The things that become priority, the things that I love to worship, I become restrained or restricted by them. Verse 12, now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open, or in other words, open your heart up here. Open your heart to the things he's getting ready to tell us. Verse 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Don't compromise the integrity of the faith. I, I cannot team up with unbelievers. These mismatched alliances. And so really when you look what he begins to get over here, Paul is telling us to avoid all associations with idolatry and any compromising union with unbelievers. Hmm. Keep reading. For what fellowship or what in common has righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has righteousness with rebellion? He goes on to say next. And what communion or fellowship has light with darkness? In other words, can light live with darkness? Can't do it. His wording here is really interesting. Keep reading, verse 15. Or what accord harmony has Christ with Belial, which is the devil, and so literally what he's saying, can, can there be harmony with Jesus and the devil? Can happen. Then he says, or what part has a believer 
with an unbeliever, so he's telling us don't divide your loyalty. I, I can't partner with those who reject God. And so one translation says, does trust and mistrust, do they hold hands? Now, when he says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers, it breaks down into three categories where we allow that to happen. Number one is maritally. Don't marry an unbeliever, okay? Number two is in any business activity or business relationships. Don't do it. You know why? Their heart's not toward God. And the third one, and this is a big one that many times we overlook, don't be unequally yoked in your relationships or your friendships that are not godly. Now let me give you my paraphrased edition of that really quick. You run with the snakes, you're gonna get bit. I don't care who you are. So he lays out some rules and things right here for us that would be great if we would heed them. Verse number 16, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? So to indulge in an idolatrous practice is to defile God's temple in a direct way. And so he says here, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And so as he says, you're the temple of God, that, that becomes Christians collectively, but even Christians individually, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you'll note here, he said, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Can't happen. You can't serve God and you can't serve idols at the same time. Verse 17. I keep reading verse 16. I'll finish and get to verse 17. I will live or dwell in them. I will move and mock among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them. Quit acting and imitating and living like the world and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. In other words, you're going to have to separate yourself. And this also right here extends to how I live, my time, and my money. Man, this is powerful what he begins to tell us. Verse 18. And the Lord said, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. You know what he's saying? I'll take care of you. I'll meet all your needs, says the Lord Almighty. But you know what God's saying? You just got to do it my way. And we go back to what he said. I got to open my heart to the word of God. So off of what he just said, where are your affections at tonight? What's priority in my life? Am I unequally yoked in areas of my life? Turn to Jeremiah chapter Six, Jeremiah chapter six. Now I got to move here a little bit. Jeremiah chapter six, and I'm going to be reading once you get there in verse 13. Now pay close attention to the wording here because from the least of them even to the greatest of them 
Everyone is given to covetousness. Everyone is giving to greed, the great dishonest do dollar from the little folk to the big folk. Everyone is given to greed and covetousness. And from the prophet even to the priest, everyone deals falsely or everyone is a fraud. They twist the words and they practice deceit. What was that for? Covetousness. The idol of money. The idol of thanks. Verse 14. They have also healed the hurt of my people slightly. So I thought, slightly? What, what did that mean? It was superficial treatment. They, they did everything externally. It's like they just put a Band-Aid on everything. And he says, they say peace and they say peace where there is no peace. Interesting statement here. And so this, this peace that he's talking about was expressed by false prophets. And all it was based on was their outward circumstances. And so they didn't like what Isaiah or Jeremiah prophesied about them. He was dealing with their sin and their fraud and their fake and everything. And to a degree, sin never changes if we ignore it. If we act like it's just going to go away. So he goes on to say in verse 15, were they ashamed when they had committed abominations? Was there any shame with their disgusting actions? Any shame? No. They were not at all ashamed. Nor did they know how to blush. You know what one translation says? They didn't know how to blush because of all their idolatry. Wow. Didn't bother them a bit. Therefore, they shall fall. They shall hit bottom among those who fall. At that time, I will punish them. They will be cast down, says the Lord. Verse 16. Thus says the Lord. Stand in the ways and see. In other words, do it God's way and just watch what will take place. Now, watch their response here. And ask for the old paths, the eternal ways where good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. So you know what just took place there? They stiff-armed God. They said, I'm not going to do it your way, God. I would rather do it man's ways. Now, you know what? We can do those things, but God right here through Jeremiah, he gives several warnings. And man, it begins when my activities that are sinful, they don't bother me. They don't, do you know what? When you sin, if it bothers you and you know I got to repent, that's a good thing. But when I get to the place in my life where it doesn't bother me to sin, it doesn't bother me to, to shun God, man, I need to pray. I need God's help. You know what I believe needs to happen right now in our society? We need the outpouring of the Spirit of God. 
We need an outpouring of God's anointing. We need a wake-up call. Now, with all these thoughts here in, in 2 Corinthians 6 and what I just read here in Jeremiah, go with me to 2 Chronicles 18. And this is where we're going to be tonight for the rest of the evening. 2 Chronicles 18. I don't have to heed the things of God. I can blow off the word of God. But there's going to be consequences. And a lot of times we, we don't like to hear the consequences. But I can't ignore God. I, I can't act like his word still isn't in motion. Man, that's why the Bible said be a doer, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. 2 Chronicles 18, verse number 1. Now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. Now, Jehoshaphat was a man of God. And so when you see he had riches and honor and abundance, that's what God does. And God takes care of you in a godly manner. So he had great riches. And by marriage, he allied himself with Ahab. He made an alliance with Ahab. Now, how this took place, Jehoshaphat's son was going to marry Abraham's daughter. Now, little did they know they were courting disaster because the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Jehoshaphat was a man who feared God. Ahab didn't fear God. Jehoshaphat, he, he obeyed God. Ahab was an idolater. So now we got this mismatched alliance already. And so when I get in this mismatched alliance, I don't care who we are, godly values are compromised. And as long as I stay in those relationships I shouldn't be in, my spiritual awareness becomes dull. It gets duller and duller. The problem again was a mismatched alliance here. Verse 2, after some years, several years have gone by, Jehoshaphat went down to visit Ahab in Samaria. And Ahab killed some sheep and oxen in abundance for him and the people who were with him. So he has this great feast. They're having a big barbecue. They're having a big party. And he persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth Gilead. So he's, he's telling Jehoshaphat, let's go to war. Let's attack these folks. Verse 3. So Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me against Ramoth Gilead? Will you go to war? And, and his agenda here was to get Jehoshaphat to, practice, uh, to participate with him. So he said, Jehoshaphat said, I am as you are, and my people is your people. We will be with you in war. So he says, I'll join forces with you. But, there's a little but in here. Verse 4. But also Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire for the word of the Lord today. You know what he's saying here? First, let's hear what God's got to say about it. Let, let's not jump the gun. Let, let's go to God for his thoughts, his wisdom, and his guidance first. Do we do that anymore? When you got big decisions, when you got little decisions, do I pray about it? Do I seek God? Because Jehoshaphat said, this is what we're going to do. 
Then the king of Israel, Ahab, gathered the prophets together, 400 men. And he said to them, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall we refrain? So they said, go up for God will deliver you into the king's hand. And so these 400 prophets, they were kind of what I would call lukewarm prophets. They were called prophets for God, but they didn't always operate in that. And they said, you know what? God will give you the victory, Ahab. Just do it. Just go to battle. Verse 6. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord that he said that we may inquire of him? So Joshua or Jehoshaphat, he's, he's got, got this discernment, and he says, You know what? Something in my heart just isn't right. Maybe we ought to get a second opinion. Let's slow down here a little bit and make sure we hear from God. Verse 7, so the king of Israel, Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, there's still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord. There's one more that we may consult. Now watch what it says here in verse 7. But I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. Why do you hate him? Because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil, always trouble. He is Micaiah, the son of Imla. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. In other words, Jehoshaphat said, listen, pal, you better be careful popping the prophets of God. You better be careful what you say about them. Verse 8, then the king of Israel called one of his officers and said, bring Micaiah, the son of Imluk, quickly. Then the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, they clothed themselves in their robes. They sat on their throne, sat on their threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. So all nine of these are prophesying before them, and, and most believe they were doing nothing more than, than staging their performance for their benefit. So get this. These two wealthy kings decked out in all their robes, they're coming on the scene and all these 400 prophets, they're prophesying right and left to them. Verse 10. Now Zedekiah, the son of Chenanah, had made horns of iron for himself, and he said... Thus says the Lord, with these horns you shall gore the Syrians until they are destroyed. Now this dude's a false prophet. He's telling them what he wants to hear. And it's interesting, even with false prophets, he says, thus says the Lord. Just because someone says, thus says the Lord, doesn't mean it's God. Careful little ears what you hear. Verse 11. All the other prophets prophesied saying, go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper for the Lord will deliver the into the king's hand. Go up and you'll prosper. Was this the idol of covetousness? 
Was this the idol of greed? Was this the idol of, you know what? I'm motivated to do these things because I'm going to prosper. Verse 12, then the messenger had gone to, to get or call Micaiah spoke to him saying, now listen, the words of the prophets with one accord, they encouraged the king. Therefore, please let your word be like the word of them and speak encouragement. L listen, pal, all you gotta do is, is promise victory, promise success, promise prosperity. That's all you gotta do. Just lie to him. Just tell him what he wants to hear. This is in the Bible. Do I want people to tell me what I want to hear? Or do I want people to tell me what I need to hear? Woo. I don't know about you. I want the truth. Well, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> Speak encouragement. Verse 13, and Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever my God says, that will I speak. I'm gonna speak the truth. And so when, when he says this right here, it's, it's like Micaiah saying, listen, pal, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna buy me with flattery. When God says for me to speak something, that's what I'm gonna speak. And you know what I believe personally? That's what we need in our society. Men that have the courage, women that have the courage and the guts to say, this is what God says. It's not about a popularity contest. And, and listen real close. Remember, just because there was 400 of them, majority doesn't mean it's right. And I, I love this just one. Just one man of God among them. He wasn't moved by anybody else. And let me tell you something. Sometimes you're going to be the only one. You're going to be the Lone Ranger. I heard this years ago. Great men and women of God, they're, they're like eagles. You don't find them all packed together. You find them one at a time. See, we've gotten to a place where we think, well, the majority of people say this, so it's got to be right. Whew. Verse 15. Now, verse 14. Then he came to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Shall I hold back? And Micaiah said, go and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. Now, when he says this, he says this sarcastically. Go ahead, pal. Verse 16. Then King Ahab said, or then, then Micaiah said, I saw all Israel scattered. And I'm jumping ahead, back to 15. So then the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you shall tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? K king Ahab, he's upset at him because he realized he's mocking me. He's playing games with me. And so then Micaiah said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains of sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each one return to his house in peace. So you, just want, you know what he just told him? The reason they have no master is because he's going to die. And literally what he's telling Ahab, you're fixing to die, buddy. Wow. 
And the king of, of Israel, Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, now watch this. Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me, but only evil? Then Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I'll persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all those prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets as yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. Whoa. Are there lying prophets to this day? Yeah. That's why I gotta stay with the things of God. So instead of King Ahab heeding the warning, King Ahab, he loved being unequally yoked with all these false prophets. He loved being unequally yoked with these people that they weren't godly. So instead of receiving what Micaiah prophesied to him, he gets mad. And you know what he says? Throw him in jail. Throw him in jail. So in my life, your life, when the going gets tough and they say, throw him in jail, you say, no, I was just kidding. It's going to be well with you. It's good. God's going to bless you. Peace, peace. When there is no peace, Verse 26, so Ahab said, thus says the king, put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I return in peace. But Micaiah said, if you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. He said, take heed of all your people. And what he said, you mark my words. If you come back, my words are wrong. Well, you know what ultimately happens to him? Oh, King Ahab, he dies. It happens just as the man of God prophesied. So I go back and I look and I think, man, do I, do I serve the idol of popularity? Do, do I serve this idol that I want people always to tell me how great I am, all the good things that, that, that God's gonna do for me when they're not? Do, do I prefer the fear of man over the fear of God? And, and I look at all this and I think, man, I can go back in the, the Old Testament. I look about what Jeremiah said and I look about what takes place here and then I go back to what Paul said. Am I unequally yoked? Because when I'm unequally yoked, you know what begins? I, I just kid myself. I, I think I can compromise. I think that it's like life is a, a highway and all this junk's right here and I can break God's commandments and I'll just get on the overpass and go right over them. No, you won't. Something happens when we become people of integrity and say, you know what? I want to do it God's way, but I want the truth. I welcome the truth in my life. Why don't you stand up here with me real quick.
You know, I think many times in our life we, and I say we, we, we gravitate sometimes to things that are easy. Not everything's going to be easy. And sometimes we gravitate to the things that we think they're going to make me popular. But I go back and I look. 400 to 1? What would happen if we would say, Father God, grace is to be authentic men and women of God. I want to be authentic. I want to be the real. I don't want to be a knockoff Christian. I don't want to be a saint on Sunday and a sinner the rest of my life. You know what a knockoff is, don't you? It looks very similar, but it doesn't have the value. And you've heard me talk. I've had, I've had knockoff Oakley glasses. Chokley's. They looked real and good. Till the first time I hit the water and the lens exploded. Boom. I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to be a knockoff Michael Coors purse. I want to be authentic. I want to be the real deal. And I believe that's what God's looking for is men and women that say, you know what? We're going to be real people. We're going to believe God. Now bow your head with me. And Father God, right now, move within us here these last few minutes, Lord. That if there are any of areas of our life that our affections aren't totally for you, if we've got off track and maybe this is you, you're unequally yoked in an area of your life and the Lord's been dealing with you. Father God, we ask you to grace us in this area. Grace us, help us. Breathe on us tonight, Lord. And Father God, let us be real for you. Let us be sold out for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.